Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I want to talk to you about opening and closing doors. It can be a bit of an obsession in our lives. It's certainly a necessity that certain doors open for us, certain doors close for us. How many of you here are married today? Raise your hand. You're married? Yeah, you're married because she said yes. Or he said yes. Okay. There's no in-between in this church at the moment. Uh, That's because they said yes. A door opened for you. If you bought a house, anyone here... Ever bought a house? Yeah, you're all looking stressed with that. Yes. Or even rented a place. It's because somebody opened a door for you. If you got a job, it's because the door opened for you. And if you didn't get the job, or you didn't get the house, or she said no, the door was closed for you, right? And uh, so doors are important in our lives. I want to read this little passage about the church at Philadelphia, which when I was young, I thought was cheese. And I was amazed to find it in the Bible when I became a Christian. I didn't know. I really didn't know. I thought it was a place in America. Verse 7, Revelation 3. You all with me? You with me? Say I. Okay. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Can you say amen? Amen. He says, verse 8, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Now what I want to do is not just finish there, but read a little bit more about what was going on. He says to them, I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have. In the book of Revelation, there are a number of instances where there are doors and uh, just in the short time we have, I want, to, I want to knock on a few of them, see where they go, see what they have to say. And uh, let's see if this works today. First of all, there is a door of change. The door of change. The people at Philadelphia, we don't know much about what was going on in their lives. But what we do know is this, and that's why I wanted to read it a little more carefully than I might have ordinarily. We know 
that they were of little strength in verse 8. And we know that they had to keep the word of God and had not denied the name of God. They had endured the hardship. At Philadelphia, life was very difficult. He says to them in the next verse or two, I'm going to make those who've caused trouble for you come and acknowledge that you are blessed by God. So they had little strength. They had known what it was to be challenged about enduring as Christians. And there was opposition from people. This is what the Lord says to you today, at least to some of you here today. He's about to open for you a door of change. And he's going to give you the opportunity to go through that door of change. And I'm speaking particularly to people now. I know it's very difficult like this because everyone fancies a change every now and then. And for some people, the very best thing you can do is actually to stay in that job that you don't like very much. Can you say amen? That can actually be the very best thing you could do. Sometimes people have a struggle in their workplace and they apply to another job and they, you know, pray and plead the blood and cast out the demons of unemployment or whatever they do. And then they don't get the job and, oh, God has failed me. No, God has not failed you because God is a God who not only opens doors, but he, he closes them at all. And if God locks you into a place, please don't try to escape from it. Just because it's not so good or you're not so comfortable or you fancy something else. We all, from time to time, fancy something else. We all, from time to time, think that life might be a bit better on the other side of the fence or in another place or in another, you know, scenario. I once had a lady come to me many, many years ago, maybe 15 years ago. She said, the Lord is telling me to divorce my terrible husband. I said to her, which Lord? Uh, Not the one in the Bible, the Lord in your head that wants you to be happy all the time, but not the Lord in the Bible. He doesn't do that. He doesn't talk like that. So sometimes, sometimes God actually wants to lock us into a place and we fight, we fight to get out of it all the time. Oh Lord, will you just get me out of this? Get me out of this job. Get me out of this, (laughs) I don't want to say this, but you know, get me out of this church, Lord. Get me out of this terrible church, this appalling pastor I've got at the moment. Get me out of this. Get me out of this situation. Get me out of this workplace. Get me out of this single life. And as you're crying, get me out of the single life. Just on the other side of the wall, there's someone else crying. Lord, get me out of this married life. (laughs) Lord, I don't want to be young anymore. I want to get older. And someone older, Lord, I just wish I was younger. Sometimes, hear hear the word of the Lord today. Listen, I told you the Holy Spirit was going to talk to you. Sometimes, God will lock you into a place you don't like very much, but it's for your good. It's for your good. So I want you to understand that. That just because you get itchy feet doesn't mean you should go nowhere. Just because you had a bad year doesn't mean that if you make certain decisions, next year is going to be a whole lot better. It's not. The problem we have, all of us, is that we take ourselves wherever we go. Can you say amen? 
how if we go somewhere with the same heart, we're likely to generate the same results. Fall out with one employer, you're likely to fall out with another one. Fall out with another one. Sometimes people will sit and say, do you know what? All my life I've had terrible bosses. And I think, no, all your life you might have been a terrible employee. Maybe. It's worth considering at least. It's worth considering at least. But there is such a thing as a door of change. And God spoke to these Philadelphians and they had a whole load of problems. And some of these problems some people in this room have. They were oppressed by people. They were put down by people. And they had very little strength left. Sometimes we can become fatigued, can become deeply stressed, or even ill. You did know, didn't you, that even Pentecostals got ill. Did you know that? Turn to your neighbor and cough at them now, just to confirm that. It's true. And some in this room, or listening to me on iTunes, may feel exactly the same kind of thing. I am stressed. I am weak. I am at the end of myself. Don't think that just because someone can walk into church and look, you know, all all great and smiley, that necessarily that means their life is, is, is full of you know, wonderful things. Can you say amen to that? Sometimes we struggle. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we look back on a year and think, I don't want another year like this. I want a better year next year. Can I put that order in with God now? And that's what was happening over at Philadelphia. They were oppressed by people. They felt at the end of themselves. And clearly they wanted life to be different. What does the Lord say to them? The first thing he says is this. Well done. You have not denied my name. You have kept my word. And I want to say to you, by the way, can I just tell you, I've just... It's firing on all prophecy here. None of this I planned to say when I walked in this room today. I want to say to you who are struggling, I want to say to you who, who are feeling oppressed, I want to say to you who are being, feeling like you're being criticized by people in authority over you, who feel you've got very little strength, there is a cost to going through the door of change. And here is the cost. You have to live right. There is no excuse for blowing your testimony at any time whatsoever. There's no excuse for it. You cannot say, well, I was having a rough time. That's why I, that's why I hit her. Or that's why I lashed out that day at work. Or that's why I've, I've been behaving in this terrible way. That's why I, I stole the money. It's because I was under pressure. No, no, it wasn't. It's because you... It's, it's because you blew your testimony, because you blew your character. This is what God says to them. This is the cost of the door of change. He comes to them, he says this, I know you're having a bad time, and I want you to know something. I've got the keys to every door. What I shut can't be open. what I open can't be shut. And then he says this, see, I set before you an open door. 
And this is the word of the Lord to people here today. Some people, you, you desperately need to be locked into where you are. And God might come and lock you in. And as you hear him locking you in, you want to say, thank God for that. Because if it was up to me, I would have left here. I would have left this scenario I'm in. But thank God for a God who has keys and locks us in. Painful though it may be. Thank God for a God like that. Who at times supersedes our will. Supersedes our ability to live our own lives. And makes sure that his will is done in our lives. Thank God for that. Thank God for all those men that you never married. Thank God for that. Boy, oh boy. Woo! Thank God for that job you didn't get. Thank God for that promotion that didn't come your way. Thank God for a God with the keys. Hallelujah. But for some, God came with another key. It was the key that got them out of the scenario they were in. But here was the condition. They were not to deny his name. And they were to continue living in a righteous way before the Lord. Keeping his word. He says here, you have kept my word, verse 8. And have not denied my name. In a few moments, we're going to pray for you. You who want that door of change. Or who want to stand before God. And say, Lord, I don't know if I should do this or not. I'm asking you today. Be the key holder of this chapter of my life. The second door that we see in the book of Revelation is a door of fellowship. Is a door of fellowship. Chapter 3 and verse 20, a very famous piece of the Bible. And yet another door in the same chapter, the same portion of Scripture. Here I am. Revelation 3 and 20. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Wow. There's another door that knocks in our life. And many have seen the famous painting, you know, The Light of the World. Where Jesus is standing at the door, but there is no door handle. There's no door handle. It's in fact a bit like our hallway cupboard until the other day. There's no handle to get your finger in to get it open. But here in this picture, the door that is shut, there's no handle. Only the person inside can open the door. Well, this is a a well-preached and well-thought-through concept, but it's true nevertheless. Jesus doesn't uh, barge his way into anyone's life. You have to invite him in. And many times, and and, uh, by the way, this is by no means a criticism of anyone. By no means is it a criticism of anyone. But I've heard people preach this as though this was a message to non-Christian people. You know, he's speaking to the non-Christian world. I want to come into your life. I'm knocking on your door. But this letter was not written to non-Christian people, was it? It was written to Christian people in their churches. 
It's not just the non-Christian world that Jesus wants to enter into. It's the Christian world he wants to enter into. Do you understand that? You know, don't you, that he's knocking on the door of your life all the time. Wanting to be much more involved with you. Wanting you to open the door to him. What does it involve? Well, it involves a lot. It involves a lot of your time. That's the cost. There's always a cost to go through one of these doors. In the first instance, the cost of change was that they had to be immovable in Christ. That if God was going to let them go through a door, they had to go through it with his blessing and representing him accurately and righteously on the other side of the door. Here, what's the cost of fellowship with Jesus? We all know exactly what it is. It is time. It is time. Giving Jesus the time of our lives. And we're all familiar with the routine of this life. Dashing to here and rushing to there. But in a moment when we pray, some of you might want to stand to say, Lord, I feel so far away from you. And here's the reason. It's because I'm not opening the door to you into my life. I've said it before and it's a great challenge to us all. If Jesus is going to be at the center of our lives, surely he has to be at the center of our days. You can't give your life to Jesus without giving him your time. How is that possible? It's like walking down the aisle and saying, I want to marry this girl, but as soon as this wedding is over, I am out of here. Do you want to see it? Oh, no. I just want to get a bit of paper. But that's not how it works with Christ. In a moment, we're going to pray. You might want to stand and say, Lord, please, I've got to open the door to you. One of the reasons why we might have little strength, one of the reasons why we might feel battered and bruised is because Jesus Christ has become to us no more than a few songs on a Sunday. But he wants to come into our lives. And we must open the door. And the password is T I. M-E. The third one, and there's another, but this will be my final one. It's a door of revelation. Chapter 4, verse 1. Read it with me, please. Revelation 4, verse 1. It says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a door, another door, This book is full of doors. This door was standing open in heaven. Can you see that, verse 1? And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet, we know that's the voice of Jesus, says to him, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the spirit and there before me was a throne. The third door and the final one this morning. 
that you might want to open in your life. That you might want God to open to you. Is what I've called a door of revelation. I, I'm not so happy so much with these religious words that maybe we don't fully understand. What is, what is a revelation? A revelation is, is, is knowledge about God. And what happened here was God said to him, I'm going to open a door for you, John. The writer of this, I'm going to, I'm going to open a door for you. And I'm going to show you all sorts of things. And the book is, after all, called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. People think the book of Revelation is about the future. Well, the future is in it, but it's actually the revelation of Jesus. It's all about him. And that he was Lord of the future. That's what it's about. God offers John the opportunity to learn more about God. What an amazing thing that is. Here's a truth that perhaps is not often shared. God can be known. God wants to make himself more known to you. He wants to open up for you a door of revelation, a door of more knowledge about him. But there is, of course, a very simple procedure. The word of God. The Word of God. Let me be as kind as I can be. But there are, of course, charismatic people who would pay, I don't know how many pounds or dollars, to attend a special service where a very gifted prophet was present. Just that he might Call them up out of the crowd and tell them from God, Yea, thou hast gone hither and thither. Now, I want to thank God for such ministries as this. And I'm not objecting to uh, having to pay to attend things, not at all. But the point I'm making is this there are those. If, 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 if I could tell you that someone's going to come here and they will be a true man or woman of God who will speak directly into your life, I imagine that people would show up for that. People would pay for that. People would cancel things to make sure they were there. But here's the truth. We have the more sure word of prophecy right here. Here. Six ninety nine, you know. Maybe not this one. <laughs> and on the iTunes store, free. I know that, let me tell you. The word of God, living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. You want to go through a door of revelation? Let me encourage you to just dust off the Bible. This year in this church has been a, a, just a phenomenal year. I, I, if, I could have, if I could have known in January that 
all the things that the Lord would do in this year, and we're only in September now, I, I would not have believed it. The way that God has moved, the just testimonies we've received, now what's happening with the building, which is just really a great a miracle to see the youth group uh, on fire and just all the, all the good things God has done. But you know what? One of the greatest things that's gone on in this church this year has been a group of people in the church who've committed themselves to read the Bible every day. It's amazing. Because I wanted to move away from this idea that we, we live or die by the Bible. Do you believe the Bible? Absolutely. I, I believe the Bible. Are you a Bible believer? Yes, I'm a Bible believing person. Have you, um, have you read the Bible? Well, no. But I believe it. From Genesis to the maps. From Genesis to that funny picture of the old wall of Jerusalem on the back cover. I can't say we believe the Bible and not having, re not having read the Bible. It's not a service agreement where you tick the box that says, I've read all the terms and conditions, but you haven't really. God wants to open for us a door of revelation. What's the cost of that? The cost of that is to pick up the Bible and to read the Bible. We'll be doing about four chapters a day. Those who are on the course will love the Psalms day because it is a little bit shorter. At the moment, we are going through the book of Chronicles. And let me tell you, I can tell you from the book of Chronicles, they all had a lot of children. And we know who beget who and who married who. And I know more about the book of Chronicles than I know about my grandfather. There's a door revelation. And it's about opening the Bible. That's the cost. And God wanted to show him things about himself. Do you know, I think I've learned more about God this year than I've learned for years and years. And it's not been because of some tape series. It's not because of some Christian TV show. It's not been because of some conference. It's just been me sitting at home reading this. And let me tell you, I, I think I need to change some of the ways I think about God having read this. Some of you on the reading program will know exactly what I mean, I think. So God wants to open a door for us. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.